It's interesting that I have the control for the recording now. It's the first time that the podcast guest has the control over the recording. And it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling for me not to be in control. <laughs> well, if I don't like it at the end of the, the recording, I can just delete it and say, oops, we had a problem. I know now you have no incentive to tell the truth, which is a real problem. But nevertheless, <laughs> we are on the air with the one and only Marina Turner. Welcome to the Culture Cues podcast. Hi, Nate. Super excited to be here. That's what everybody says. Are you actually? I'm a bit nervous, I think, as everyone else. I have no idea which questions you prepared to me, if I'm going to feel embarrassed or not. But I'm it's kind funny of excited. That, it's funny that so many people are embarrassed. Like, who's going to... We're all a big family, so we don't need to be that embarrassed. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to ask you any gotcha questions. <laughs> kick it off. Who is your least favorite employee at Endeavor? <laughs> All right. What about this? Um, can you just give us the general background about when you started at Endeavor, which office did you start with at Endeavor? Um, the, the big Marina Turner story. Okay. Uh, fun Fact about me, I had I did only two job interviews my entire professional career. The first was at Endeavor Brazil back in 2013. And the second job interview was in 2019 for Endeavor Global. Wow. So yeah, my entire career now resumes to Endeavor. Uh, so when people ask like who I am, it's pretty hard to not say, not mention anything related to, to Endeavor. That's impressive. So I started for two. Yeah, kind of. Uh, we say people are crazy at Endeavor. I think that's that proves it. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely proves it. How did you of the role at Global and like what was your just like thinking about? Oh, picking up and moving, um, not just moving, but like working at local office versus global office. Well, actually, the decision of moving to New York came before I had a job at Global. That's the fun part about mm. it, because life brought me to, to the States. I had the opportunity of living in, in the States uh, for a year or two. So I decided to like, close my uh, journey at Endeavor Brazil. I actually quit a year and a half before I actually left Endeavor. Wow. So it was like a long transition period, like finishing up all the projects, making sure that I was paying it forward to the operation in Brazil as well. I learned so much during the first five years that I'd stayed in Brazil that I decided it was worth uh, staying an extra year. Uh, and so just to to make sure everything was, was, the transition was smooth, everything was in place and all the crazy ideas we had over the year were actually part of our culture and what we were doing and not only ideas anymore. So I decided to move to the States. I've been always passionate about retail. Uh, and I figured that was not a best, another place to, to move than New York. And when I got to New York, I went to the office and I spoke with Adrian. And he just mentioned that we had a position for retail uh, open. And I was like, hmm. I moved to New York to learn about retail and learning with a paycheck and the never surname sounds way <laughs> better than by myself. So it was, a, it was just a perfect match. 
That's amazing. So you started in 2019 mm-hmm. at Global. I, I think That's I remember right. you coming in um, to the office that time, actually. And, and remember warning you, no, don't work here. What are you doing? What are you doing? It, despite my best efforts, you decided to come. Um, That's true. I, what I'm really curious about is getting into like the difference of perspectives of global office versus uh, a local office. But actually what I want to start with is just like you went from a big office to a small office. Like uh, it's not just the different types of work. But just the size of the company, um, if you could give like the listeners a sense of what it means to work at the Brazil office and global, which is on a smaller scale. Well, it is a smaller scale. And when you talk about the number of employees, but it's not necessarily small when it, you speak about the, the type of work we do or the scale of the work we do. It's mm-hmm. definitely different. Uh, my first reaction when I started working at Global was, oh my God, this office is just quiet. You can concentrate. <laughs> I can hear my thoughts. The phone is not ringing all the time. I can go to the bathroom and no one will, will steal my chair. You know, this type of situation that we would have in Brazil at the time uh, just used to drive me crazy. Uh, my team uh the endeavor entrepreneurs team in brazil was 17 people when i left this is larger than most of our local offices so i think that gives a little bit of perspective but brazil i don't know how how many we have in the team right now but it was close to to 85 when i left um in global it was close to 45 when i joined yeah it's it's different It's it's definitely different I'm I'm curious. Um, I think Brazil is unique in a way, and we'll have to get somebody who works at the Brazil office right now. But the fact that only 20% of staff, 17 out of 85, were ESG. Um, so so how did that do you think like affected the the type of work or just like the culture or um yeah, I don't know. Like, well, it's a larger team working with entrepreneurs in general. Yeah. If you consider the scale up programs, search and selection, and endeavor entrepreneur services, uh, that's how we used to divide ourselves um, back in the day. Uh, but everything else we do. So when we talk about like, insights and advocacy, in the end of the day, is to make the the environment a better uh, place for entrepreneurship to grow. So even if it's not directly servicing our entrepreneurs, the end goal is to support our entrepreneurs anyway. Yeah. Uh, like everything we do with marketing events or uh, HR in the end of the day is to make sure that we can function as an organization and, and pay it forward to the ecosystem that built Endeavor Brazil. Yeah. Um, 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 but completely in favor of bringing someone that is current in the, in the team to discuss this further. We're going through every single office. Don't worry. We're gonna, <laughs> uh, making our way around the world. Um, what I'm curious is to hear how you pitch Endeavor now that you work at Global versus how you work in Brazil. And one thing that I've noticed, if I meet somebody from Colombia or from Jordan or from Indonesia and I tell them Endeavor, there's like, oh, yeah, Endeavor. But like in New York or in California, 
it's not necessarily like you can't rely on that. So the pitch has to be a little bit different. So yeah, how how do you create a different pitch? I don't think it's that different. Because uh, in Brazil, because of the nature of the operation, we would have to go through some of the the special uh, things or unique things that Brazil does. Uh, but in the end of the day, is basically telling people that Endeavor is a network of amazing uh, people learning with great entrepreneurs and mentors how to become extraordinary. That's all, all we do. Uh, and it works in every single market, all the way from selecting the best entrepreneurs, understanding what are their, their challenges, which mentors or other folks have gone through the same challenges that we can support them uh, and making sure that we are changing the ecosystems that we operate. And it's exactly the same thing to, to say this pitch in Sao Paulo or in the countryside of Brazil or in New York. Um, the big difference I see between working in the States and, and in uh, other emerging markets is that I think emerging markets, people kind of truly understand the need of having an organization supporting them. Uh, and when we talk about Silicon Valley or New York, it's it's harder to say entrepreneurs truly need me because people already live in, a, in an ecosystem that supports them either way or doesn't make life that harder that in some of our markets um, it does. Have you it's found awesome. anything that is the special sauce? What do you tell? I mean, I think there's plenty that makes you know, Endeavor special. But what do you think is the special sauce so that when somebody from New York or, or from Silicon Valley says like, oh, okay, so you're like tech stars. And like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, is this the part of the podcast that we discuss values <laughs> or not really? No, no, not, well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to. Because um, part of our uh, sauce, I think it has to, We, I have to answer our values because when we talk about entrepreneur first and when we talk about network of trust, I think those two especially truly make us unique. Uh, and they are, they reflect everything we are. I just want to say for the record, I did not plan this with Marina. That was her <laughs> own answer on her own volition. It's an amazing answer and we're just going to print it out. But that was not planned. Um so, I mean, I had all these questions. I'm looking at it now. They were all about like, the differences and the misunderstandings. But what's actually really great to hear, as we would hope, it's really one endeavor. And there is a lot of just like transferable, you know, really everything. Um, that being said, I'm going to push you one last time. Are there any misconceptions that you found that we knew were sitting in Sao Paulo, you didn't realize why the hell are the people in New York and San Francisco working like this? And similarly, stuff that we were doing in New York, that we had no idea what the reality is in a Sao Paulo or in any of our other offices that are directly servicing entrepreneurs. Yeah, sure. Well, everyone has to take this with a grain of salt because my experience is from like six years in Brazil and we know that each one of the offices is completely different. Uh, so the reality of each office uh, is not the same at all. Um, but I would say that for me, one of the big misunderstandings as a, someone working in a local office is that 
sometimes we would be mad at global for like not setting some some rules or putting some guidelines in places for for things that were important for us as an operation uh and we could be sometimes even upset about some of the guidelines if they didn't suit us uh and it's super easy for you to go down that road and just say like oh global doesn't understand my reality uh it's making my it makes my heart my life so much harder and so on but i think when i joined truly joined global i understood how complex some of those changes are because at the same time that we need to support uh, offices like brazil and mexico with its like 80 plus employees we do need to support the newest office that have two people working on them um I, as i even mentioned like my esg team was super big so we had the the main power to implement a lot of changes or to support and to help out but other offices don't necessarily have that that structure or they have different realities like i can't keep complaining about the number of isps lots i want in a year if i don't understand other countries have a hard time getting entrepreneurs to an isp it is different it's a different background i can't keep complaining to the product team that i need a new feature on salesforce because it's not that simple to build something that will be applicable to the other 39 offices um so i think that's a, a really big misunderstanding uh not quite sure how we solve this but things are way more complex in real life when we have to look into 40 different uh markets than than we ever think um i think the answer to how we solve this is fairly straightforward um at least my approach is i put giffies on slack <laughs> and whether I'm pissing off That's global or I'm pissing off, you know, other teams, you just find the right Giphy and <laughs> he makes it easier. Yeah. That's true. That's Everybody true. gets happy. Um, so we've got... But I do think that in another hand, uh, yeah. we need to have, we have an effort from global and I think we, we have to have it to truly understand the local AM and what's in the, the plate of everyone in the local offices. Uh, because some of the time i don't think we truly see what's going on with them uh yeah. sometimes it's not the the like the communication they didn't read something that is important or we didn't have the time to actually teach everyone of a change we are doing in in a service line um and we need as global i think we need to to be a bit more patient or to actually use the hat of coaching and 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 teaching everyone of some of the changes and things we are doing as well as connecting the dots of things that we are seeing across other offices um the esg console for example is a great example of putting everyone together and and fixing the the issues and problems we see but also making sure that we are learning from each other and learning from other countries um so it's easy on the other hand for global to just see or present some some solutions without understanding exactly how we would implement them and the consequences that those um actions have in the daily uh activities of everyone else all right well when we have like an hour long podcast <laughs> really deep into how endeavor solves communication challenges amongst all of the offices besides gifts You gave us like a, a good uh teaser for like uh this is the 15 minute version but then <laughs> there's so much that we can do. I think there's so much progress that we've made already but I think we both know that there's there's just like a lot like just making sure everybody's on the same page through no fault of anybody's is just it's a difficult thorny challenge um and one that 
is is kind of cool to take on. Um, but because we do have a limited amount of time, I'm going to end with the question that I ask everyone. What is your favorite value, endeavor value, and why? My favorite endeavor value. Um, I already gave a hint of the, the two favorite ones, but if I have to pick one, um, it is entrepreneur first. We are an organization of by and, and for entrepreneurs. Uh, we need to be entrepreneurs to build everything we, we want to, to do something big, to fix the things we, we don't agree with, to improve the, the services we know can, can be better. The entrepreneurs are the reason we exist. They are the reason our, our mentors are so passionate and so supportive of Endeavor. Everything has to do with it. There's no way of building an, an organization as great as Endeavor if we, we don't have this mentality and if we don't put our entrepreneurs first. It's, it's not about us. It's not about, um, and even like when we talk about servicing entrepreneurs, like in the end of the day, if the solution or if the connection, the mentorship comes from me, from a local office, from someone else in the network, like it doesn't matter as long as we're supporting entrepreneurs and we're making things happen. So it is entrepreneur first, for sure. At least that is a myself. fantastic, fantastic answer. <laughs> um, I'm going have one quick follow-up question, put you on the spot. Okay. How many years did it take for you to spell entrepreneur without making any typos? That's a good one. I still make a lot of typos, but probably like two or three. I always confuse. Do you put the U before the E or the E before the U? I still, I don't even know offhand. The uh, problem with me, E and R, I always like type them. Yeah. Yeah. I always get that red squiggly line underneath, but I don't want to end on that. I want to end on the value of entrepreneur <laughs> first, however we spell it. <laughs> if I'm you do you, it I do I. <laughs> or we'll just abbreviate it to EE first. Um, this was an awesome conversation. Marina, thank you so much. And whenever you're ready, you can turn off this recording. Okay.